Okay, welcome to another episode of the Work Salary Man podcast. Uh, sorry about this mess, lah. Like it's partly a bit of a little set dressing because I think it's quite cool that we have all these plushies here. But also, we genuinely, our intern Josh was using this as a place to sort the plushies, so it was just here, and I didn't want to disrupt his sorting process because it's like work from home Wednesdays, and uh, he's not here. Yeah, it's also gonna like, kind of like mess up our whole uh, processes in the company. Or like like doing this plushy thing, lah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So we bought a thousand like to to sell. Yeah. Uh, and and I I we did a hundred at first. Then those sold out like freaking fast, and mm. I was like so amazed that people want these things. And then we make a thousand, and a thousand is still right now. I think actually not gonna be enough. So yeah, it's a, it's a problem for us. Yeah, but but please do be understanding because like we are not like a logistics company. We're not a merchandising. Yeah, company I mean, we are definitely trying our best to get all this like shipped out in yeah. like a way that will not cause any delays, and actually we can be accountable for each single plushie. Yeah. Yeah, but thing, but car some slack like, cause some people have been messaging us like, where is it? Where is it? Where is yeah, it? Yeah. But okay. I understand, I understand also, cause yeah, you buy already, ma. you buy already, ma. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but also, wow, it's tough lah. Like. I mean, the other struggles of like e-commerce business, yeah, yeah, yeah. which we are not, or or just your business branching out into any other thing to try for a second. Yeah. We're just trying this out, and then it's just very, yeah. very stressful. We'll, we'll do a wide shot of the office, then you can see how messy our office is right now. What I dislike is like, sometimes people like assume we make a lot of money out of it, you know. Which yeah. Actually, the, we don't make... Okay, we make some on these, but it's not like a lot. Honestly, like I'd rather, mm. not I'd rather, but it would be more economically efficient for us to just make money out of comics yeah. than this. But this is really for us to try to... Say thank you to like our our audience, right? Or to give them a chance to also hold like something that is our IP that they might have grown attached to in their hands, lah. Yes, know? yes. Yeah, yeah. So so please bear with us. Like. Yes. Yeah. Sorry for any sorry. Uh, possible delays. Sorry and sorry for the message. Yes. Well. Okay. Let's, maybe, let's yeah, maybe talk about today's. Uh, 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 yeah. So so I think today we wanted to talk about uh, immigration, immigrants, and also the idea of like foreign labor slash foreign talent. Uh, coming to Singapore and also I think other countries, but we're talking about it from a Singapore context. And I think I think we are quite suitable to talk about it because you are a born and bred Singaporean. Yeah. I am a immigrant. La, because if you define immigrant as somebody from foreign country who comes to another country to stay permanently, I, I fill those requirements. So we're going to talk about that because like, I think it's, it happens everywhere. Like everywhere, people who are locals are concerned about immigrants for a variety of reasons. And for Singapore, there's a specific set of reasons that we'll go into. You know, but I think it's an interesting topic to think about. Potentially dicey, so I hope we don't get cancelled. Yes. But uh, yeah. I will, I, will, I will correct you whenever there's. Okay, can then we cut it out? Yes. Right. Just, uh, we will cut it out. Haha. Haha. So it's not that everything. we won't say these things, it's that we would remove it every day. <laughs> yes. I just ask you first, okay? As a as a yeah. born and bred true blue Singaporean, it's some people might define. Oh my it, god, like. that's such a a boomer term. Yeah, such a boomer term. Okay, nah, I'm a bit boomer also lah. It's okay, I embrace it. Okay, like what do you think personally about immigrants? I think immigration is very important for Singapore to retain its thank you competitiveness. Sometimes they improve, you know. Uh, I mean, they make the 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 scene here more vibrant. They make like the workforce more vibrant and more. Uh, capable right because sometimes let's say you need like uh, on short notice a certain amount of people to fill this certain industry you can't always train people to to do a very complex tasks within like a short period of time mm. and then that's where uh, immigration comes in mm. especially during a time where 
Singapore actually has a declining population because of like aging population and low birth rates. Low fertility rates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I looked at it, birth rates actually somewhat constant, right? Mm. But fertility rates is like birth rates, but what fertility rates takes into account is the age of the mothers ah, they're okay. producing. So if it skews older, for example, right, the, the rate of uh, fertility uh, is not as good because it means that the mothers, even though they have kids, they will die sooner. Ah, it sounds it, very brutal, but when you think about it from a statistical point of view, you have to be like that. Yeah. So actually, birth rates have been quite stable, but it's the fertility rates that is ah, skewing okay, older. Okay, okay, so. okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so the, the narrative out there is that Singapore punches above its weight. Right. In terms so, of uh, economically. Yeah, like, uh, economically yeah. for, for such a small country. Yeah. Right. It's yeah, this actually takes like a lot of effort and a lot of like uh, resources to do and a lot of talent to do. Mm. Right, and I think a lot of that talent actually comes from overseas, and I think we we need to acknowledge their contributions to to Singapore, lah. Yeah. Right, but at the same time, I will also be cautious against. Uh, you know, sometimes we see anti-immigration sentiments online, and yeah. we dismiss the people as like, "Well, are them close-minded? Mm. Why? Why you think this way? You know, what I mean, what are some of the things that they? What era is it? Which what? Like these anti-foreigners. I think they'll say. <clears throat> a classic line, you know, from the early 2010s is like, <laughs> brought to you by Boomer job Classics. It's it's a 2010 jobs for FT, NS for Sinki. Ah, right. Yeah, right. And I think can uh, you explain that why is NS for Sinki? Yeah, so jobs for FT means FT means foreign talent. Yes. So all the good jobs go to foreign talents. Mm-hmm. And Singaporeans yeah. like myself, yeah. we are start doing uh, two years of NS. So NS is national service. Yes. And Sinkis is Singaporeans, Singaporeans right? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. What it means is that uh, the best opportunities in uh, the job market goes to foreigners mm. and then Singaporeans you know we'll start doing uh, start doing, doing NS for two years mm. I mean the, the guys lah, mm. right and because of that we have reduced opportunities and after that uh, inequality has has, has has happened between the people the good jobs people right. having the good jobs and right. uh, Singaporeans serving NS I see, I see. Yeah. so that's a very co- I've heard that also yeah. it's so, a very common one so I think like while it's very easy to dismiss these sentiments as being like xenophobic, yeah. right? I think we should also acknowledge that there are very real reasons why people feel this way. Mm. And you individually as the viewer might not feel it, but I can assure you there are people feeling like they have been Confirm re- have. Yeah, Confirm displaced have. by foreigners. Yeah, yeah. Maybe because we, we, we work in a different industries or maybe you are in a different industry, yeah. so you might not feel it. So enough people feel it for it to become like a hot button issue. Mm. And I feel like it's very important that we address it like, or even just acknowledge it. Right. I don't think that's like an easy solution to it, but I just feel it should Acknowledge it meaning we understand why you might feel this way and yeah. we know that you feel this way. But the 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 solution is not as easy as just, uh, let's just cancel ben foreigners. it. Yeah, yeah. And we just don't look at it. Right? Exactly. Because a lot of Singapore's success is also because it's such an open economy. I think Singaporeans are some of the people who have benefited the most from globalization. All this requires on attracting like the best yeah. talent. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like it's not that Singaporeans are no good. We already live in a very developed country. Yeah. Uh, people are very used to high wages. Yeah. And we want to continue earning these high wages and we have to attract talented people from all around the world. Yeah. Who might be better than us mm. in certain things. Mm. And I think like that's where the, the tension is. It's not just the idea of replacing or bringing like foreign talent that is better than you and having them stay here. I, I think also sometimes what, what, what Singapore or is it EDB, I don't know the specifics, tries to do is to attract uh, uh, talents to kickstart the industry here 
so that the best around the world can come here and train then the next generation of Singaporean talents in that sector. Like yeah. for example, the animation sector. Singapore's animation sector is not very mature and there are other countries, for example, like Japan, uh, America certainly, that has great long legacies in terms of animation. So of course, you can try to start it from the ground up here and what you might come up with is a very uniquely Singaporean style of doing it but you would be experimenting for a long time. Mm. There'll be a lot of failure also. So, for example, LucasArts is here I think because of a lot of uh, economic uh, advantages, uh, rebates or whatever it is. I don't know specifics. Incentives. And then, yeah, yeah, but I mean, Lucas is best in the world in terms of like, among the best in the world in terms of special effects. So, then they would train the next generation of Singaporeans, or at least that's how it's supposed to work. Mm. So it's not just come to replace, yeah. it's come to train, then you can have your own, yeah. uh, how to say, your, your own hub, or your mm. own industry in that, in that, in that field. Uh, yeah. But I think what people are unhappy about, yeah. that a lot, the, what, what I see online, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know whether for sure, because I haven't yeah. been in a big MNC yeah, with yeah. a lot of, I have, la, but like not in like, let's say animation per se. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I get is that many people are complaining that some of these companies, they never really train the next generation of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are, Singaporeans are relegated to grunt jobs. Right. So they don't learn enough. And then after a few years, after taking all the incentives, yeah. the, the companies leave, leaving Singapore, you know, like basically back where it right, started right. and giving all this after having 5 to 10 years of basically good fun, yeah, good right? times yeah, then yeah. like okay time to go yeah. so we are like a, like a like a one night stand in, in a way in a way yeah, yeah. so okay so yeah. I'm not saying this is true yeah, yeah, yeah. but that's a lot of sentiment online but as a, as a foreigner myself like I I always just try to not say too much because I feel like I have not much to not that I don't have much to add but like people are not soliciting my, my opinions on this so what happens a lot is I just see these things and people saying all these things. And some of them say it to my face. I've had people that that, that I I and actually you know also. I won't say who but but just openly lamenting about to me like because they think I I I Singaporean also because I'm quite uh, assimilated culturally, yep. you know. Yep. Just openly talking to me like wow, all these foreigners are because I used to be an NTU then like, they'll say, Wow, all these foreigners are like already too much, like our campus like China like that. Or like 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 Malaysia like that, and and I'm, I'm Malaysian, mm. <laughs> so I just ah, ha, ha, ha. then I just left it like by my head. I was like, wow, now like see and do like that. Like I understand where this is coming from, uh, and I acknowledge and and I think actually Singaporeans do have the right to to talk about it and complain about it mm. if it's legit, right? But what is necessary is an understanding of the macro uh, landscape to understand why this is happening and also why Singapore needs this to happen based on a population and an aging population and then your lowering fertility rates things and that actually your country does need For uh, foreigners yeah. to I stay relevant and to keep up with population growth. Eh. Yeah. I noticed, I, I, I realized I've been using this term called foreign talent, which might not be fair to use because right. I think... I'm, I'm FT uh, technically, right? I mean, I just realized that FT puts a divide into, you know, like foreign talent people who say is expats. And foreign foreign labor, they will say like it's the not so, not so glamorous jobs. Is it like the so your I don't know landscaping, uh, security guards? No, no. I think it was something like uh, the guy working at Toast Box. Right, right, right. Like the. I mean, a lot of Malaysians work in that job. They are usually Malaysian. Yeah. yeah. When I speak to them in Chinese, their eyes were like, (laughs) "Oh, you might see other." 
Yeah. I mean, hair, the, the, the common one for Malaysian is haircut. Yeah, right? yeah. The barber usually is Malaysian in, yeah, so in I think Singapore. Foreign, foreign workers, I'm just going to say everyone, foreign workers, okay? I think foreign workers in Singapore, I think they help at all, all spectrums of, you know, the... Ah, I see. Of uh, economic, uh, economic activity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, n- first we have like the, the expats, you know, come in, work, uh, all like the jobs that we wish we could, we could do. Like your head of sales. And I work, work in care, you, you know, like chief, chief of... International chief of marketing. Yes, you know, something like that. Right. Yep. I think uh, th- that, that's one group. Yeah. Then there are the, the, the laborers who build our HDBs. Yeah. Do the jobs that Singaporeans don't want to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then obviously there's a there's a middle tier that c- competes with the the median Singaporean worker. Yeah, yeah. So so, so I think like across the spectrum there are a whole bunch of different people, and I think yeah. like there's unhappiness at every level. Every level because yeah. of different reasons. Mm-hmm. I think at the top level people feel like, wow, these people come here earn so much, take the yeah. best jobs away yeah, from yeah. us. Okay, so for that one, uh, I feel that. Uh, we always lament that, you know, uh, no, we always say that we want like the best talent to come to Singapore, hmm. right? But some people are unhappy when the best talent come to Singapore and earn more than them. Right. And I think that's something we have to acknowledge. Like, if, if you, want you are the best talent, you would want to be compensated yeah. fairly, right? Yeah. So we can argue about what is fair and then we have to go into industry specifics. But yeah. oftentimes, I think a lot of people also, they just look at the number and go, oh, long way. Yeah. Five digits, then go and you know, do this, do that, you know. Exactly. And a lot of times, I also think friction comes because of like, uh, cultural, cultural differences. differences right. right. I think, uh, I think Singaporeans were quite, were quite like a quiet bunch, generally, la, I, I would say. La. Mm. Speaking as a Singaporean myself. A bit shy, less confrontational. Yeah. I know. mean, then some other cultures, they can be more, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll call you out, yep. they'll say, yep. I mean, they'll put jokes at you, but yeah. they might not, mean it in a bad way yeah. but it can be offensive can be very jarring yeah. Yeah. so for example I'll give you an example yeah. like recently I, I went mountain biking yeah. then uh, I was resting at the at the pavilion just sitting down yeah. uh, after, like, after a while I think five foreigners who were also mountain bikers yeah. they just rode up to the pavilion and without saying a word to me they just sat on the seat in itself oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then they just started like talking very loudly right, right. so I think like uh this, and I, I mean, I was annoyed lah. But I mean, technically, there's nothing wrong. Yeah, yeah, with I know. It, right? like, hey, let me explain. It yeah, made yeah, me okay. seem like the bad guy here. No, 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 no. Yeah. no, no. I, I will help you round it out later. Yeah. I, was, I had my intentions to No, that. yeah, so because like, I know it's a, I know the cultural differences. Yeah. I mean, it's... It, but it's annoying. Yeah. Right? I also don't like that. I mean, but I, I do feel annoyed because yeah. I'm used to a culture where... I see, in, I see in this space just by myself. This is my bubble now. Yeah, then you, you go know. to somewhere else yeah. which is like readily available. I, yeah. I thought like they will go over there. Yeah. So I also understand like the friction that happens and I feel like many times uh, especially at the higher level of uh, economic activity yeah. because they don't make enough effort to integrate with the yeah, local yeah, culture yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Then they are bound to offend people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also there's the thinking like I think some, I mean, obviously when you earn more money, yeah. it's very easy for them to think like, oh, I'm superior, you know, I, I don't need to interact with, I, I don't need to I don't need assimilate. assimilate because yeah. I'm actually contributing to your country yeah. economically. Yeah, so I think like that is one area of unhappiness that uh, Singaporeans feel. Uh. 
I, I agree with what you said mm. and I, I think uh, in that same situation I'll be damn annoyed also. it's a bit like to me the analogy I'll use or, or a comparative one which is bonkers to me that people do that is when you're on the bus you know the top the top the top of the double-decker and then it's just seats everywhere yeah. then if it's just me sitting now on a single seat you come and sit beside me when there's other places <laughs> That one, like, so people done that to me and I just like, why are you here? Yeah. Like, w- do you want something from me? Can I help you? I almost feel like sometimes I just, excuse me, uh, then I just go and see a nurse. Yeah. Or you yeah. peeing in the toilet then got a lot of urinals. Yeah, then you come and pee yeah, next and, to and, me. Like, yeah. what, what do you want, bro? Like, like <laughs> can I help you? You want to look at my wheelie, yeah. is it? Like, what the hell? Why do you do that? So, it, I, I can understand, like you say, like, especially yeah. when that's readily, readily available, yeah. you know? But, but they're intentionally, they're not even doing it. But I also exactly. would say, that it takes time for assimilation to happen culturally. But I also would say, like, even though I've been here since I was seven, and I think I'm quite uh, assimilated in some terms of culture. In fact, when I go back to Malaysia, they will say that I'm like a Singaporean. And then when I'm, when I'm in Singapore, people tend to say that I'm a bit more like a Malaysian. So I feel like I'm in the middle of everything. Sure, yeah. So culturally, even though I've been here since I was, I grew up here, essentially, like from seven onwards, right? It still takes time to, to, to assimilate. La. So especially when somebody first gen come over, it's really hard. And if you understand that immigration is going to be a part of your, not just say your policy, but your country's culture. Your lifestyle, yeah. yeah the lifestyle here, there will be. We have to understand. And I bet there were these things going on throughout history. Like for example, when say Rome conquered the known world, right? Then they had other uh, people from other civilizations come over to stay in Rome. Mm. They would also go like, hey, what the hell? Like, why these yep. barbarians come to our bathhouse? Then they never follow the rules. Yep. I think Japan, for example, like to say that Singaporeans are like sensitive or like very concerned about their public bubble of space. I think Japanese is even more so. Like when I go there, it feels like a lot of times I'm overstepping boundaries. You yeah. know, like so I just talk on the train. Then I, oh, remember I cannot talk on the yeah. train. Then they'll just you just notice there's deadly silence. Then you look around, everybody's looking at you. And, and they might feel like that sometimes, you yeah. know? Like, so, tourists is one thing, but when you're staying here, so I think it's also on you to make an effort to assimilate. Mm. But also give people time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's... So, I think, so I think that's like the, the top. The top, the top, yeah, right. The top. Sorry to have taken such a big deep. I, I realised you were in the middle of your point about top, uh, middle, bottom. Then I just went on a whole... Oh, no, no, it's yeah, fine. So, I tend to do that. And I'm trying to get better at not doing that. Uh, it's fine. It's a, I mean... Sorry, sorry. Yeah, so that was the top. Yeah. yeah. So so th- that's the, not to say top morally, uh, just top the top level of uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. economically. There, there's no there's no moral thing here. I think what you're trying to say is like the different the earning power, the, the high earnings yes. changes the narrative and the way that we feel yeah. about it, right? Okay, so that's the top. Yeah. So no, yes, I'm, I'm not dying with the with, okay, the, okay. with, the, with, the, with the high earnings. Yeah. So I think there's also this argument online that say like you know, Singaporeans we have so many so many of us are graduates, right? Do we really need to oh, import university graduates? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh. Do we need to import so many uh, foreign talent? Mm. Is our, our university students not producing enough talent? So I think like that's an argument uh, usually thrown out online. So how I feel about the argument is that uh, just because you graduate from university doesn't mean you are good enough to do a job. I think increasingly like that is the case yeah. for many many jobs. What also matters is like your network, your perspective, how you carry yourself, right? And I think it's very hard for companies to instantly take uh, Singaporean graduates and turn them into these like magical high earners very, very fast. I think developing talent takes time. Mm. So uh, foreign talent, I mean, mean the the high earners, the expats, uh, I feel it's like quite 
controversial to say expats and non-expats. Why? Because people will say. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Classifying them in terms of their. Yeah. Okay, but I'll just use it for like the sake of simplicity. If yeah. not, like this, this conversation will take nine hundred years. I disclaim every yeah. uh, five minutes. Yeah. yeah. I, I, l- l- so yeah. So sorry about that. But I'm just gonna use it. Yeah. So. Uh, it takes a while to train the Singaporeans to be like expert level mm. and I think uh, as a short term solution that's why companies import talent right because uh, I need the business now, solution right. now you think I want to wait yeah. for a Singaporean wait, wait 10 years for you to get global perspective and yeah. enough experience exactly and, yeah. but I mean my opinion is that if that happens okay fine but then you have to train the like I mentioned earlier like the local talent yeah, to be yeah, as yeah. good as you and I think like that is a fair that is a fair trade off, but if it doesn't happen, then I feel like Singaporeans are getting quite screwed, la. Screwed in terms of what? In terms of like the opportunities to get. If we if we don't get like trained to yeah. be as good as the the experts that we import, yeah, I feel like if there's no knowledge transfer, then ah, it's not good for Singapore. That's long a term. good term, la. Knowledge transfer, yeah. that, that transfer is to happen, and I feel like it it might you might want to make it blatantly obvious that look we are giving you these uh, rebates or whatever it is to incentivize you to come here as a foreign company mm. and what we need from you is knowledge transfer or at least yeah. training of so knowledge support. transfer doesn't need to be the main thing because ultimately you're still here to make money yeah, yeah. but we expect some form of knowledge transfer right 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 yeah it still has to be profitable yeah, to build our course. industries up yeah right. yeah yeah, yeah. And, and but, but you see sometimes that's a very difficult thing to quantify and to prove Accounting or auditing wise, like, hey, the launch transfer didn't happen. Aha, I'm gonna take away your five percent or whatever it is, yeah. right? So, so that's a that's a tough one. And I also think, like, on the on the topic of like, say, getting a Singaporean uh, graduate to be as good on an international level, right? A lot of times, what is needed, right, is actually global perspective, and and, and this is something I feel is not said about enough. Um, but I also feel like sometimes I feel like, and I have no proof of this except for anecdotal or. Uh, quantitative uh, qualitative uh, observation right that culturally Singaporeans are not as inclined to want to travel for work and like for example to sacrifice like 5 to 10 years travelling to other countries to basically offset or move your existing family like if you have wife and kids or you have a husband and kids, it's much much harder for you to say be posted to Denmark for 5 years to go to China for 10 years and that stuff uh, I feel is huge in terms of like hiring somebody, especially for international roles, you know, mm. like international marketing, to really understand on an experiential level, having worked closely with other cultures, right? How different they can be, uh, yeah. That sensitivity and that tact is, that is needed to approach a new region, the ability right? to stand up for yourself, right? It's yes, huge, yeah. and I feel like Singaporeans a lot of times don't have that until they have a few solid years. Yeah, but it's a big ask because. I think government also want Singaporeans to settle down yeah. to have kids yeah. while they're early. Like we talk about fertility rates to skew that fertility rate a bit earlier so in your 20s and 30s you start having children. Mm. So it's a very difficult dilemma like, I feel for... And, and also you have to understand right? it's not that it could be the fact that Singaporeans are not alone in this. Yeah. It could just be like people who go overseas to work yeah. they are just inclined to be more assertive uh, develop other perspective because you are not dealing ah. with like just Americans, yeah. not dealing with just Chinese people, yeah. not dealing with just like Filipino people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are dealing with a selection of people yeah. who are bold enough to leave their country. Yes, yes, yes. So exactly. you already like take exactly. like the most like yeah, outspoken. You are off the top of the most. 
Like you say, the most adventurous, outspoken, yeah, I, willing I, to... Yeah. I won't say they are like the super best in talent, yeah, yeah, yeah. but they are the... In terms of temperament, in yeah. terms of like the, the attitude, right? Yeah. And I feel like Singapore as a whole, just culturally, it shifts towards the other end. Exactly. So it's harder to skim because there's less already. So imagine in Singapore, we have 10% of people who more are inclined to be experts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but the remaining 90% of, of us Very hard have to, to go compete with 10% of the world's experts yeah, who yeah, come yeah, here yeah, to yeah. get... Yeah, so I think it's... It's really, really challenging. That's true. Yeah, yeah, so I think that, that is like, sorry, that is the unhappiness at the top level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, so we round off the top yeah, level. Yeah, round top level. <laughs> Maybe we do a break. Yeah, okay. Now, now you want to talk about the middle? Uh, I think what, it's... What it feels like in the middle? I feel like I'm an example of a middle... Uh, am I an expert? A middle immigrant. Like, like I'm sort of social... I think you are... The, I, I, the issue I have with the word expert is that... it. Yeah. What's the issue with expert? I mean, I don't know. I, yeah. I don't want to offend. I just it's, it's often very linked to you know uh, the high income earner, is it? High income earner, usually, dwellers, uh. usually from a Western country or developed country. Uh. So I do not like the term. I only use it because like for 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 sake of uh, easier understanding. I see, I see. So so I will consider you uh, you an expert. Worker. Yeah, I mean, just foreign worker lah. Well, but I, I think, think worker is okay. Yeah. La. Okay. Well, I mean, you can say yeah, yeah, you're a foreign worker. So I'm a middle range foreign worker, lor, yeah. I feel, and uh, uh, I, I don't feel like, but I blend very well, lah. So it's hard for me to say also, like the kind of things that I face. Uh, but I will say like the the foreign has sometimes no the the middle part has sometimes a lot more like uh, mobility, lah, because uh, I feel like most of the arguments are on the top and on the bottom. Mm. So in the middle, it's easier to blend. Uh, it, it comes down to more like, like little things at the workplace and things. But, but it's also easy for me because I'm Malaysian. And Malaysians are very culturally similar to Singapore. Yep. So I, I, I don't feel much of the conversation on the middle spectrum. But how do you see it? Well, the way I see it is like actually middle spectrum does not get talk, I mean, does not get as much like uh, attention from, from media. Yeah. But I do feel like Technically, that is that is what Singaporeans should be also concerned about, like huh. because that is the you gotta watch out for me because that's the median. I'm creeping in. I mean, this is like the the median level of uh of salary, right? Yeah. So obviously, the competition will be fiercest there. Ah, I was gonna make that point. Also, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, like, like I think, like for example, when I say mobility, I mean like for example, the the, the middle has good opportunities to to move up, and I feel like a lot of cases, right? If I'm able to get in at the middle, right? Um, the hunger of an immigrant, especially when you're coming from a less developed country, right, f- can be very strikingly different from the hunger you get in a Singaporean. Any uh, worker Singaporean, any developed, any developed country. Develop country yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, LKY said, like the first generation, first two generations of Singaporeans were extremely hungry. Yeah, because uh, they were immigrants. Yeah, and after that, like, it declined. As, as time goes on, we can put a link in the. But it's like that, lah. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, it is like that. It's very natural that yeah. with prosperity and wealth, certain things follow. So, for example, uh, fertility rates is one thing, mm. and aging population, it is so often correlated, you know, that yeah. with rising prosperity and wealth, your birth rates will go down, your aging population will go up. Yeah. So, hunger, I also think, is not, cannot be measured like that. If, if you're not, yeah, Viv is just crawling at the back because you don't understand. Just stay in the camera, it's okay. You just tell us, then you just go. Okay, okay. <laughs> It's so distracting because I'm talking and then there's a woman crawling on the floor underneath. <laughs> she has crawled yeah. successfully. She has crawled successfully. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so hunger cannot be measured. Yeah. Unless you do survey, but it's also like 
so qualitative, yeah. you know, like so we can't measure a total hunger index, you know. But but I I do feel anecdotally yeah. I have observed that this is usually almost always. So the case, I know? I personally, when I was working in advertising, I uh-huh. I felt like outclassed by many of the the foreigners. Outclassed. Outclassed. Like in better, they were better than me. Or the the better than you in terms of what like performance uh, at work. I think yeah, performance at work. Because of their hunger. I think in the beginning I was really unhappy. Yeah. With them because I feel like oh a foreigner come take my job. Then I think like But you also had a job like, alongside them, but they're not I did, taking I did. your job. Like. I did, but they were my seniors at work lah. Oh. So after sometime I realized like actually they present really well, they can present their ideas really, really well. They work really hard. And then like Or they spoil market lah. Yeah, they spoil market. It's like la. we are on the same road, but why are you over uh, overtime like three extra hours more? Exactly. Then you whack like very hard and always make the presentation so much better. Yeah, and just because s- you spend more time on and, it. And and somehow they uh, a lot of singers also say like, you all come here, don't have kids to do like like don't have any kids to support, yeah. don't need to do NS. Yeah. Then yeah, I didn't do NS la, so yeah. I, I, Then you like basically yeah. kick the shit out of us and the workplace lah. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's where the the tension is as well. Mm, yeah. But I think how the average Singaporean, as a starting point, to deal with it, I think. Maybe can we try to be more like assertive, because that's the okay, maybe not every single problem, but actually that's how I overcame you know my uh, my difficulty not not difficulty is that right the, oh, the, my, the feeling that yeah, your your the feeling. colleagues were basically out hustling you yeah exactly. spoiling market for you yeah what was it then you you out you you spoil market back is it I think for you me try to keep up yeah I mean of of course I I try to keep up yeah and I think sometimes. For Singaporeans, you will feel like, hey, technically I'm more proficient than them. Yeah. These people only go at talking and talking and, pre- and presenting and presenting stuff. Yeah. But it wasn't until I realized I mean, like that's your personal experience. Yeah. La, right, right, right. But I think I heard, I heard a lot. A, a lot of people also say that also. La. Right, right, right. Yeah, but uh, I also feel that when I learned to present better yeah. and I learned like the rules of like the game, the yeah. corporate setting, yeah. then I actually was given like better uh, opportunities. I see. Yeah, because often there's a tendency to think like, oh, I'm so good at, let's say, writing something. Yeah. But then maybe when it comes to presenting ideas, I'm damn lousy. Yeah. But then after you realize like, okay, so what it takes to succeed is that I need to write well, I actually need to present well and presenting actually... It's part of the game. Part of the game and can be more important than actually writing well. Yeah, yeah. I think once you realize Marketing that... Like, yeah. yeah. Learn how to market yourself. Yeah. Then I think that's when like the, the difference comes in uh. and also that also help, help you help to build your, your confidence as well so mm. I think like there are many things you can do or maybe there are many things like you cannot do but I think that is one thing I would definitely work on if you are facing a, a situation at work like that be more assertive learn how to present better learn how to market yourself better but I also think like so, so you are talking about the marketing side of things but I also think like um, we haven't really addressed the idea that uh, somebody from uh, another country that comes here might be more Hungry in terms of mm. the ambition and the drive. So what they might do is, if we are tasked with the same thing, right? I would work on it from nine to five, but then they might work on it from nine to nine, just because they have that hunger, just because it's in them, just because it's just what drives them. So is that wrong? You think? I don't think it's wrong. I think it's what natural. I, I think it's what is natural to do. I think. Then Singaporeans should do that too. Okay, I think that's not up for me to decide, right? But I think if you want to compete with them, then that is what y- you will want to do. Yeah, I feel like that's. If you don't want to compete with them, then fine. So so okay, I'm I'm not in any 
position to say this, but it's, it's unsolicited advice or unsolicited observation, like, yeah, right, from yeah. a foreigner. I, I feel like what a lot of young Singaporeans, like, oh, I'm going to sound so fucking boomer. Soon. What a lot of young Singaporeans don't have, right, is their international perspective also in terms of you don't understand how much other people from other countries who are in a less privileged position, I, I feel like I can say that for sure, that, that if you're born in Singapore, you are privileged. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, it is not unearned. It is just the luck of the draw sometimes and also the fact that Singapore has been well run, right? It's been earned by our our parents and grandparents' yeah, generation. Yeah, yeah. So, so it is not unearned, but it is privileged nonetheless. So you have to really understand, especially regionally and especially nowadays with remote work becoming such a present thing, that your competition is not local anymore. It is regional and global. You have to understand how fucking hungry other people are and these are your real competition. Your competition is not your buddy who's also a Singaporean sitting beside you in the lecture theatre. It's all these other people that are also from other countries and you have to keep up with that. The, the best thing for young Singaporeans to think about right, is to put yourself or treat yourself like you are a global company. I, I like what you always say. Like you always talk about how uh, the individual needs to consider themselves uh, a company. But I, I will go further and think about it in terms of global company. So if I'm a global company competing on business lines about delivering a good product or service and I feel competition from other companies around the world or regionally, what I would do is to analyze it on a competitive level and think about what I need. La. And I say global company because like the idea of protectionism I think is still important and we can talk a bit about that later. But like you must think about yourself like first and not about what is owed to you in terms of protection. So if somebody's outworking you, then you think about how to even up or how to be more competitive in terms of either that same matrix of say, okay, if you OT three hours, I also OT three hours, so I OT four hours. But there are also a lot of other ways to do it, right? You can compete on a lot of other aspects or a lot of other angles. You could, for example, butter some of the higher ups up or you can think about playing the corporate game a little bit or prepare better, yeah. do some research on who you're talking to, stuff like that, like, you know? Yeah. I think yeah. if you use butter, people will have like a negative perception of it. I think it's more of like improve your relationships with you know people from other departments. I mean, yeah, okay, essentially yeah, that's yeah, same thing yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but I because, get what you mean. Because yeah. these things do yeah. matter. Yeah, it's yeah. not a matter of like, oh, I'm sucking up to someone. But you, if yeah, I think okay, yeah. yeah, you're right. But you have yeah, enough value, right. then you suck up to someone. Then yeah. it's good. It's only bad if you have you provide no value, no skills, then you suck up to someone. Yeah, I use the bad term. I think you're right. What what yeah. I meant is like you be a nice person, lah. You know, go and. Read the room. Yeah, have a bit of EQ. Understand uh, interpersonal communication. Yeah, yeah exactly. That, that kind exactly. Of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I okay. think what you just described was it's actually just this thing called like moving up the value chain. Mm. So fun fact, right? I think Singapore's in, in the nineteen sixties. What are you doing? So I'm checking is the thing recording. Okay. I'm scared. Yeah, just ignore me. Right? Yeah. So Singapore in the nineteen sixties used to make stuff like clothing, textiles, food stuff. Yeah, you told me about. It, I was just. Amazed because yeah. like I always thought our oh, trading port then become banking hub. Yeah, I didn't know like. I mean, there was a big manufacturing. Thing. There was a big uh, manufacturing phase lah. Yeah, yeah. I think manufacturing is a great example because, uh, Singapore has increased like the complexity of things it, 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 in manufacturers. Right, right. So that's what moving on the value chain is. Right. So as you approach like the eighties and nineties, Singapore no longer makes uh makes less of this food stuff. Yeah. And actually go on to like electronics. Oh, you see, they used like to that. work in a tea factory, right? Yeah, exactly. So like I think I think you remember you giving an example of like how, for example, if we are competing with tea that is made in what Vietnam is it? Mm. You know, so they have land. So their margins are gonna be better because their manpower cost is different. Yeah. So if it was a Singapore company making tea, you might have to change the Yeah, way you have to compete on like maybe made, right? 
different levels, right? Maybe you cannot compete with uh, the num like you know the the sheer number of tea produced and charged them the same, yeah, right? Because yeah. that's this is the equivalent of you seeing someone, wow, this person worked eight hours. Yeah. I will also work twelve hours yeah. because that is just on one metric. Right. But you can compete in terms like you know branding. Maybe you improve your um, branding so many people like love your brand. I want to yeah. pay more for it. Yeah. You know maybe it's about improving logistics so like the transportation of tea can happen like so fast and efficiently. Or wow, you do a certain bulk in a certain yeah. way that nobody ever done. Yeah. A bit like what Decathlon did with the sports stuff. Exactly. You know? Maybe even so cre- creating something like unique mm, uh, to your tea. A laksa flavor Singapore tea. Yeah, basically you just right? cannot create the same, you cannot compete solely against like the tea of another developing country because the labor is going to be cheaper. Mm, so mm. that is what moving up the value chain is. You have to start to think of how to provide more value if yeah. you want to get this salary that Singaporeans, uh, get, get the pretty decent salary that Singaporeans have been earning for, for decades before these developing countries started to catch up. You have to provide the same level of competitive value. Yeah, right? exactly. And, and you're saying, treat yourself as an employee like that also and you fight on the same level. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I don't like to talk about, I mean, no, I don't like, I, I think people can feel like it's very adversarial to think about these things in terms of competition, but I think competition is just present at every level. I think it's, it's not just country, country. Within country, is company, company. Yeah. Within company, is department, department. Within department, is like colleague, colleague, you know? Yeah. So we have to talk about it. I think more important is like, it is inevitable. Yeah. yeah. Whether or not you like it or not, yeah. it's going to happen. You have no say you have no say whether it will happen or not. Yeah. So try to make best of the situation. Yeah. La. Yeah. yeah. Then, then you can move forward. If not, you'll just be a very unhappy person. Yeah. So I think in summary, like, that's the sort of the situation at the middle level, la, right? Which I think is actually a, quite a good point to point out. I, I, like, like when you said that it's like, perhaps the one that is the most like sneaky, like you might not detect it, but it does actually at that level because it's less present on a statistical and a na- nationwide kind of level that you see the middle experiencing these things and it's not so present in the narratives that we read also you know yeah. like so so now the middle settled yeah uh, maybe we move on to the the lower yes like like what do you perceive about the situation locally in terms of like how locals view uh, immigrants yeah so I think uh, the in lower income yeah I think uh, yeah definitely in the past 15 years I mean, I feel like we have become more uh, progressive in the way we think of... I, I use foreign workers, like, even though I don't like the term, yeah. but again, it's easily understood. I think it's okay. Yeah, so, workers. yeah, we become like a lot more uh, compassionate or empathetic towards foreign workers and, th- and their plight. Yeah. Right. Whether or not these, these are uh, construction laborers mm. or they are foreign domestic workers, yeah. I think in, in a whole, uh, we are moving in the right direction. Obviously, there's a lot of things uh, to be done but I, yeah. I, I can say you know the narrative has improved a lot for for them yep. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm the narrative, narrative, narrative only narrative only yeah. yep. so much so that in the past people might have considered them like wrongfully like as not as good as Singapore or even yeah, like yeah, s- yeah. sub-Singaporean like social level yes, yeah yes, I think yes. now it's, it's good that we are seeing them as you know as what we are, human beings. Yeah, contributing to the economy, yeah. contributing to the infrastructure, building the nation. What, what do you think about people who say that we're exploiting them? Because they earn less, yeah. right? So i for example, been to, to European countries, for example, when I went to Germany, the thing that struck me the most was to find out that construction workers there, road workers there, typically considered lower income here, are paid extremely well. Same for Australia as well. Yeah. Same for Australia, yeah. There's a level of, I don't know whether this classifies as protectionism of local jobs 
on every level that applies, you know? Because they don't see them so much as laborers, but like professional skilled tradesmen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or highly technical tradesmen, things yes. like that. What do you think about like people who say that we're exploiting? I think we are exploiting them. However, uh, we are also benefiting from exploiting them. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Because locals don't do these jobs. Yeah. And I do not say this as an endorsement of exploitation. It's just like an observation, uh, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, many of our affordable housing, right? Many of the uh, the stuff yeah. that we enjoy in Sing- enjoy in Singapore that yeah. gets built at a not so pricey price. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Not so pricey price. Not so pricey price. Comes on. I mean, it's actually a great part of it is because of uh, affordable foreign labor. Yeah. Imagine if Singaporeans build HDB flats. Well, I think. How much would it be, and whether would would it still be affordable? Yeah. It might be still be affordable, but it will be done so at the a huge cost to. I think it might be. Reserves, uh, maybe. No, I think it might be slower. 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 It might not be. So your BTO only wait ten years. I don't know lah. I don't know exactly how long. Because there's five teams of. Pure Singaporean construction workers, they're allowed to do BTOs. Possibly, possibly. Yeah. I mean, I do not know, yeah. but I do think it will be a lot pricier yeah. than it is today. Yeah. Uh, I actually feel like mixed feelings about it because I, I do think affordable housing is, is great. And, but at the same time, I do see like some of the working conditions that the, the foreign workers are, are put through. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, I feel like we can do, we can definitely do better, right? This one I don't know because honestly, I feel like you cannot. The basis of comparison is very important, and you cannot compare with your expectations of living standards. Mm. Not saying that it's right, by the way, but yeah. I mean where I come from. Tendency is that it's a lot worse, uh. and I'm not talking about, for example, things like mode of transport and things like that. Yeah, the lorry thing, I completely understand. You know, like like they need to be protected from the elements, uh, the elements, accidents. So to put them on the back of a truck, yeah. Uh, if it's dangerous, I understand, and I think it's good that people push for that. Mm. You know, so narratively, yeah lah. But coming back to the economic side of things, also, um, do you then feel that they should be, for example, pay more? Well, I say yes, but also. With that, about my mind, who's right? Who's paying for it though? Like we must be ready to pay more for it. So as the consumer who's buying the flat, it will be a taxation on you, uh, not the government. I mean, I I would think that is a more, mean, sustain- honestly, more sustainable way to go. Government money comes from our taxes. Our taxes. Yeah, so actually, revenue, it's, right? it's just it's still going us, around. Yeah. Right. I think the exact amount that that we pay them, yeah, like that has to be worked out by the market. I mean, there will be a point where it's too much or Singaporeans cannot afford it. Right. There will be a point where, oh, it's too little, I don't work for it. Mm, mm. I think there will be some sort of sweet spot and yeah. I think it's not up, up to us to say it. I think yeah. it depends on like, the, the greater the, the market at large. La. Sometimes when I think of uh, groups that say, like, oh, we should pay them wages that are seen in other Western countries, that might not be sustainable in Singapore because it, the price might be too high for Singaporeans to afford. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I do think they need to be paid at a level that do, they do not feel exploited. And also, you know, then we need to, just because they agree to come here, doesn't mean we, they deserve like no dignity or, or compassion from us. Uh, I, I get your point. You're, you're saying that there's a trade-off and let the market decide. But if you want to make changes also, 
the proper way to make change is to understand the trade-offs and one of the trade-offs that you mentioned, for example, when it comes to mm. building housing, affordable housing, is that the housing might not be as affordable or yeah. it might take longer to build. Yeah. I, sometimes I feel like the popular narrative is to compare ourselves to like what like standards are in the West for what yeah, is yeah. more exploitation. I, I'm very westernized myself yeah. also. Like. But it ignores the fact that Western society has exploited the rest of the world for a longer time. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Then they can now sit on a high horse. Yeah, after they have exploited it. Yeah, and then and they then, say like, hey, you're doing exploited. Uh, you see, don't do it like this. You see, now we're doing it like, yeah, but you've had been doing yeah, this other ex- thing for how many? Exploiting people for like years. hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like this is a really complex issue. Yeah. It's not as simple as saying like, oh, some, like, to use like a Western standard, a developed like Western uh, country standard and apply yeah. it on a, a nation like, like Singapore. Yeah. This yeah. does not mean we don't move forward with improving like conditions. Uh. Yeah. I'm just saying like blind criticism simply based on a foreign standard mm, mm. isn't always the most valid one. I, I think that's fair mm. and I agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I think one last point that maybe we can talk about is the idea of like protectionism and do you think like for example that the government owes it to you as a citizen to protect your privileges or that you should be treated in some way specially or protected from the tumultuous conditions outside of Singapore sure so I think a lot of people will expect me to say like no we should just strive to be our own people whatsoever but actually my answer is yes I do think like the Singapore owes Singaporeans Something, not like I everything. Think every nation, so yeah. then, then you citizen for what? Yeah, what yeah, yeah, yeah. Mean, Because right? otherwise, like, how will we function as a country? If yeah, you're a port already. If you just pass through, and then yeah. everybody is the same, right? I think if we want to be a country, yeah. there needs to be some sort of separation. Or okay, why why am I a citizen here versus let's That's say the definition of citizen, right? Like, yeah, a citizen of Australia. Yeah, yeah. Or Canada, which yeah. I might possibly want to migrate to if I have more options. Yeah, yeah. If a Singaporean citizen doesn't have any, uh privileges yeah. for being in Singapore, yeah. then what is the point, right? What is potentially uh, arguable is yeah. like, what kind of privileges is realistic for a small country like Singapore with limited resources yeah. to extend to every citizen? I feel like that one right, will keep changing one. And also, honestly, I feel like the idea of a nation and what is a nation is something that will keep changing. I, I hate to get like postgraduate mm. on this kind of thing, but like, the idea of a nation last time was boundaries like that you yeah. conquer and then there's a special set of rules or yeah. there's a different culture and then the definition of what makes a citizen a citizen also has changed. Like last time it might be more of like born right of this land or mm. might be more ethnically enforced or de- yeah. defined. Then now it becomes, for example, if you take more immigrant welcome states like, like Canada, for example, it becomes people who choose to come here and adopt whatever this identity nationally is. Mm. And Honestly, I, I did my master's paper about Singapore national identity and expressing it through animation. So I also have a little bit of a thing that I know about it. And, and I, I personally feel like the idea of Singapore national identity and what makes a citizen a citizen, right, is constantly changing. And it's very difficult to say for Singapore because Singapore essentially is an immigrant state in like for less than a hundred years, right? Like, or you want to talk about bicentennial years. But essentially, like Singapore is a very young nation that is made foundationally from a lot of immigrants coming here unless you are Orang Lao like a people of the sea that was here and there's not many that I know I know a few but they are not that populous you know so what makes a, a citizen a citizen you can define it through economic means you can define it through cultural means and for Singapore very hard to say also is it Kiasunas is it the Malayan is it the Good Morning Tower 
Is it all these symbolic things definitely, or is it something deeper? Or is it not the fact that you don't though. have it? You know, because Malaya is a, is a created one. Yep. And I used to be cynical about that. Like, ah, fake one, ah, they make one, they just made a legend. But honestly, it's pretty impressive also that you just make it because you can and you are young. So it's like that, man. You don't have that legacy of like 5,000 years of history, right? And I like that about Singapore sometimes that actually you just make it. Like, no natural attractions, what do we do? Or we just make a fountain in Changi Jewel. How, how about that? I just make <laughs> it happen. Through money and a lot yeah, of through money, engineering, uh, you know, like attracting uh, good architects to create something. Yes, compelling. and uh, I make it happen. How and, about and foreign labor, yeah, follower yeah. foreign labor. So yeah. if that is your national identity, I think that's okay. But going back to the citizen thing, right? I I feel like you're right. We have to define it, right? Otherwise, then what's the point? Mm. And we are not at that meta. In the, maybe next time in, in the world, right? There's no such thing as citizen. Right? Everybody just travel freely, but wherever you are in that business or that country you just follow those rules yeah maybe la, but we're not there yet so we still need to define citizens and protect citizens yeah uh, because if not then singapore will just be a city yeah and i think like life in a city is very transactional yeah i think that's the challenge singapore face is both a city yeah. and a country like city state la, right yeah, yeah. so i think in most parts of the world to be a city is to be very like rational to maximize uh, business economic output yeah, right yeah. but i think sometimes being a country also means like uh, investing and spending on things that might not always yeah, have uh, in ha- uh, like an obvious uh, economic uh, yeah, yeah, profit or, or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. So like stuff like uh, national identity, heritage, heritage, history. Yeah. I think yeah. all these are things that Singapore Singapore needs to balance like yeah. really really hard. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that is really the challenge of of a city state which yeah, so few other countries face in the world. This stuff is, is very important. So the stories you tell about your nation and, and the, the morale and the reason that people come together, it helps you to push through adversity also. Mm. And also, you, I mean, you can't just live life like leaving the moment something goes wrong. Even though I'm transactional like that, I also think through and have more long-term. I might stick something through if I believe that in the future it will pick up. It's not like, oh, the moment is bad, then I just leave. Yeah. You know, like, like that's, that's pretty yeah. bad in terms of a relationship also. Yeah. Or in terms of a company, it's not like the share, the moment the share drop price, and then you leave. Yeah. You can't do that, right? Yeah, I feel like, I can't remember what's the topic, but... So, so the development yeah. of soft things like, like national oh, identity, yes, yes. history, heritage, to, to even if we don't have a very steep uh, culture of a thousand years right now, to put the roots in place because that mm. might be meaningful later on or to... In fact, help you be more profitable later on. Yep. Not that we should think of it. It's also very important, even though we are capitalistic creatures. Yeah. Right? So I think if you see from like the, the city viewpoint, right? Yeah. City viewpoint, uh, immigration is good. Yeah. Right. Take all the take all the foreign talent we want in the yeah. world. Yeah. Take all the high earners. Yeah. We uh, use all the cheap labor we, we can. Yeah. I yeah. think that is like the the brain thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Like the heart. Yeah, the heart, I think it's more like Okay, so many people come into our country, you know, yeah. it's, it's going to change our culture uh, drastically. Yeah, yeah. Is it right if we, uh, is it right if we pay these people less to yeah. build our place? What does that say about us yeah. and our values? Exactly. Right? So I think like, Singapore has to really content with these two uh, different, different sides of things in a way yeah. that very, very few countries actually need That's to very do. True. And I also think like, by giving privileges to the citizens, you can also attract like, people that you want to attract into yep. the country. Because yep. if not, then you're just like oh, I get what I mean, a right. stepping stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Immigrations actually improve like the vitality of a nation. 
yeah. on how innovative it can be. Because yeah. it continuously attracts like the hungriest people. Yep, yep, yep. And I think like if Singapore can can emulate that even you know with like a a small fraction of that. Yeah. I think like it will be a better place for both current citizens or true blue Singaporeans. Yeah. Or new citizens. Yeah, yeah. I think ultimately everybody just wants a better life. Yeah. And I think like there's a way to work towards it. I think not everyone will win in the same amounts. Yeah. But if we can move forward together. Yeah. I mean not saying like Equally lah. Yeah. There will be some people who lag behind. Some yeah. people who go ahead of us. Yeah. I think that that is a reasonable uh, outcome. Right, right. Yeah. I think also to round off the softer part as well. I think like, um, like it or not, immigrants are part of the threat that makes up the cultural tapestry of Singapore. You cannot have anything talking about Singapore culture, Singapore national identity without interweaving the idea of what immigrants and and uh, foreign people as part of Singapore are like so and it has been the way since the very foundation of Singapore so it's actually not a new thing actually the new thing here is that there is the idea of a local person and this new thing might get cemented more as we move on and then the counterpoint of like oh local versus foreigner might become even stronger probably it will hmm. And so but we have to remember yeah. that it started out with everybody coming here from yeah. other places. The idea of a true blue Singaporean is actually a new thing. That I think. Yeah, and will evolve. And will evolve, yeah. But it's important to also define it and protect it. Yeah. Maybe in the future it'll be like post-independent face Singapore. 90s Singapore. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. everyone will be in a way if they stay long enough and yeah. uh, uh, if, if, it is, if they stay long enough and they choose to settle here yeah. I mean they will all be true blue Singaporeans yeah 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 I think so Weichun will now say something as an immigrant yeah so uh, to you as a Singaporean and also to I think Singaporeans in general I think uh, uh, I'm grateful for the structure that Singapore has created that allows me to create and live the kind of lifestyle I, I want and I'm choosing to be here every year uh, if Singapore government would renew my re-entry permit, I'm very grateful for that also. Uh, and also, uh, I apologize for my failure to assimilate uh, lifestyle-wise and culturally, and I will promise to try my best, but I would also request that you also give me time and tell me when I'm going wrong, and, and to tell me what you feel about these things, then we can have a conversation about it, instead of just recording me and then posting it online. Uh. Yes. So I think that is a fair fair ask. And I also like promise to uh not turn tail at and run at the slightest bit of adversity. But if I see an overall trend where Singapore might not be a place for me, I will of course make a long term plan and leave. It's the same as, as I think investing, uh, right? Mm. I will buy and hold until the situation change. And I'm buying and holding Singapore for now. Wow. Thank you for okay. the very touching words, Wei Chun. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, uh, thank you for your words. And I, as a Singaporean, I, I accept them. Okay, thank you. Let's have a fist bump <laughs> of brotherhood <laughs> between immigrant and uh, true blue Singaporean. Quite literally, uh, we both wearing blue. Uh. Yeah, it was not planned. Yeah, I'm trying planned. to be blue, but actually I should wear pink, right? Uh, pink IC. Eh? <laughs> you know, you pink IC. I'm, I'm blue. Oh yeah, because the Singapore IC... Yeah, yeah, it's pink, pink yeah. color. Sometimes my IC is green. Oh, okay. oh army. Uh, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, then, then my IC is actually blue color. My identity card is blue color. Okay. So true blue, it should be true, true pink Singaporean. Oh, how about call it pinkies? Because singies. Right? I think we should end the podcast. We should end the podcast. Okay, guys. Okay. 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 Thank you for tuning okay. in. Okay. We're just rambling now. Bye-bye. See ya.